Hallelujah, Christ has risen. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Reformation Lutheran Church. See some new faces, and we're glad to have you all here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, we're grateful to have uh, Nick playing with us again today. We have in the uh, inserts a couple of uh, songs that aren't in the green book, but our first hymn is from the green hymnal in front of you in the pews, and it is on page 151. It's Jesus Christ is Risen Today. Also, I want to make you aware that after service today, we have a lovely uh, banquet, a feast uh, out on the patio area there, and so we would uh, welcome you to, encourage you to stay uh, and fellowship with us afterwards. And I think that is probably enough. I don't think we'll do announcements today. Ed, can we get started, do you think? We good? All right. Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. For will and walk in your way. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Thee is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his this is the feast of victory for our god hallelujah
the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting. For you, in righteousness and purity forever, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Good morning. He is risen. I love saying that. So the first reading today is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, and it's a story we've all heard many, many times. You can find this on the Pew Bible, uh, page 108. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, What is because there are no graves? Was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? Leave us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for, you, or for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am sorry, the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, 
So neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let us get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a water wall, wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Then Moses and the Israelites sang their song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Now we can read Psalm, Psalm 118, verses 15 through 29 responsibly, printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 118, 15 through 29. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. 
So the next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, found on the, uh, in the Pew Bible on page 1789. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to, your, to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Whether, then, it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18 and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1685. John records, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came along, with, along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. 
and he saw and he believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. And at this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? And thinking that it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him, and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he said. <laughs> and she told him that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. You know, from a At first, Easter seemed like a day of confusion. However, from God's point of view, everything proceeded according to plan. You know, many commentators have hard, if not impossible, to harmonize the gospel accounts of the first Sunday, the first Easter. And some people come and meet one angel, we read. And then other people show up and they see two angels. And some of the women who came to the tomb had servants. And some of the accounts give the names of the servants and some... In today's gospel, Mary met Jesus himself. It's confusion at Jesus' tomb. But then what do you expect? Truly, what do you expect when, you, when people show up to finish caring for a dead body that's not there? You would expect confusion. And what seems like confusion to the human mind is actually God's finely tuned plan at work. 
And as we look through the Bible, we see evidence of God's perfect timing over and over again. As people who live in the 21st century, we can look back on events in history and see God at work in the history of the world. We can, we can look back into history and, and see a pattern. Most of the time, the people who lived through that history, they didn't have the opportunity to see the, the big picture. And it seemed like confusion to them. In fact, the truth is, it is God at work. Now, from the point of view of the people involved in the confusion of Easter, that confusion began on the evening before Good Friday. The people who followed Jesus were not able to deal with his constant predictions of suffering, of death, and of resurrection. These people, they believed that Jesus was their Savior, and he was also, though, their friend. just couldn't wrap their minds around the idea that his death was the very way that he would save them. So when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, they could not see the plan. It looked like confusion to them, but in fact, it was God's finally tuned plan. The appearance of confusion deepened as Jesus hung on the cross. How could this happen? They asked. Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah. How can Jesus be the Messiah while he is hanging up there on the cross? The truth is, that it is Jesus hanging on the cross that makes him the Messiah. Hanging on the cross, earning forgiveness for the world, the sins of the world, that is what the Messiah came to do. And his followers simply didn't understand yet. Then there was the timing of his death. It was relatively late in the day. And by the time you can obtain an audience with Pilate in order to get permission to take the body off the cross, the Sabbath was almost upon them. And we know that when the Sabbath came, there would be no work, nothing. Not even the work of placing a body into a tomb. So there was confusion the confusion of a hasty burial in a nearby tomb. The plan must have been do the best that you can before the sun sets and we'll come back and complete the burial when the Sabbath is over. And the seeming confusion of a hasty burial, well, it guaranteed this. It guaranteed that lots of people would be coming and going from the tomb when the Sabbath was over. And these people 
thought that they were coming to finish, preparing the body of a friend. And instead, they ended up becoming witnesses of an empty tomb. And as we look back on history of these events, we can see that the apparent confusion and the hasty burial was actually God's finely tuned plan. A plan to produce witnesses to the empty tomb. In all four Gospels, all accounts tell us that Mary Magdalene was among the first to arrive at the tomb. And some of the accounts tell us that Mary had friends with her. And the Holy Spirit inspired John to focus on Mary's experience at the empty tomb. And as we follow Mary through that first Easter, we see very natural reactions to a supernatural event. Mary arrived at the tomb while the night, while it was still dark. And given that this is a dry climate and the celebration of the Passover always comes, it always comes on a, fall, uh, on a full moon, Mary could probably see fairly well as she came to the tomb, even in the dark before sunrise. And what she saw was not what she expected. The stone was no longer covering the entrance to the tomb, and there was no body in the tomb. Had someone stolen the body? Maybe the owner of the tomb, Joseph of Arimatheus, or Arimathea? to move the body to a, a better place. Who knew? And the last thing Mary expected was that Jesus had risen from the dead. And given that Mary did not even consider the possibility that Jesus was alive, she did the very natural thing. She looked for help. She found Peter and John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And Peter and John ran to the tomb. And John was in better shape, apparently, because he was younger. So he got to the tomb first. John reminds us that a lot. I was, I was reading today, I'm kind of chuckling, going, boy, he sure made sure that we know he got there first, didn't he? Peter arrived while John was trying to decide whether it was a good idea or not to enter the tomb. And Peter, true to his nature, he went charging right into the tomb. And then John followed. And it was then that they noticed something that added to the confusion. The body was gone, but the burial clothes, the burial clothes were still there. And they might have thought, who in their right mind takes a dead body out of its clothes before moving it? It just doesn't make sense. And from an earthly point of view, Things just kept getting stranger and stranger, weirder and weirder. And of course, from God's point of view, things are proceeding according to plan. The clothes. The clothes are there without the body because Jesus came back to life and he passed through the clothes just as he had passed through the walls of the tomb. 
And now that Jesus has risen, he is in the state of exaltation. What's that? Well, that's a state where barriers mean nothing to him. It makes perfect sense that his clothes are laying neatly folded in the tomb. He simply passed through them, and he left them behind when he rose. And the folded clothes were the gospel to the apostle John. They were good news to John. The Holy Spirit used them to establish faith in John. He, John saw the clothes. He remembered all those times when Jesus told him and the other disciples that he would rise on the third day. Things clicked. The confusion left. And today's gospel says he saw and he believed. And although Peter didn't quite believe yet, both Peter and John realized that there was nothing that they could do at the empty tomb. There was really nothing for them to do except go back to home in wonder. And apparently, Mary had returned to the tomb with Peter and John. And after they left, she decided to take one last look at the empty space. But when she looked, there were angels there. And as she saw them through her tears, she asked, or they asked her, why was she crying? And she told them. And then she turned to leave. And as she looked up, she saw Jesus. I imagine her tears blurred her vision so that she did not know who he was. Anyone ever cried? Boy. And the accounts in the other Gospels tell us that she fell to the ground and she clung to his feet, clung to his feet, kind of like a hammerlock. And that may be why Jesus told her not to cling to him so hard. The other Gospels tell us that Mary brought some friends back with her when she came back with Peter and John. And in the Gospel according to Matthew, in Matthew 28, 9, we read that they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. And Jesus then told Mary and the other women to share the joy. Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. The confusion. The confusion was gone for Mary and the others. Now she understood that Jesus had risen and that he is alive forever. And the resurrection liberates us from the confusion as well. As all of us were born into confusion of sin, we all deserve to spend our eternity suffering in the confusion of hell. And the resurrection means that the work that Jesus did for you and for me on the cross is valid. And just before Jesus died on the cross, he said these words. Do you remember? It is finished. 
The resurrection means that this is a statement of triumph. Your salvation is finished in the risen Lord. His promise to you is sure. His promise to you is certain. Everything that he promised to give to you will come true. Which promises does Jesus keep? Every single one of them. If Christ had not risen, then the suffering and the death of Jesus on the cross would be meaningless. We would still be in our sins. The confusion of sin would reign. We would be looking forward to an eternity of punishment. But Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our salvation is sure. You are, we are children of God. And our eternity is in Christ. When the end of this age comes, God will remove all evil to hell. And he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Raise us just as Jesus rose. And he will reunite our bodies with our souls. And he will clothe us in immortality. And we shall all know the joy that Mary shared as she fell to the ground and she wrapped her arms around the feet of her risen Savior. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen.
you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 4 of your bulletin. <clears throat> we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, and for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. From our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O oh Lord, our strength and song, you have become our salvation. Receive our thanks for your gracious deliverance in Christ Jesus, crucified and risen. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, in baptism you have joined us to Christ's death and resurrection and made us citizens of your kingdom. Move our hearts to repentance that we would set our minds on things above and be directed by your holy will. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, when doubt and fear weigh us down, console us with the certainty that Christ is risen from the dead and that he rules over all things for our good and greets us with life in his means of grace. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, lead your people in your steadfast love and guide them in strength to your holy abode. Sanctify our homes. Be the companion of those who live alone. Make our households places where your wisdom and grace are found. Lord, in your mercy. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Grant that all in authority would govern according to your will, maintaining order and curbing evil, that we may live in peace. Lord, in your mercy. Righteous Lord, you have seated Christ at 
your right hand for our deliverance. Remember those afflicted with illness and injury. Give them health and strength according to your will. Sustain them in faith, knowing that for Jesus' sake, you will raise them in glory on the last day. Lord, in your mercy, O God, our strength and salvation, you delivered your people from bondage in Egypt by means of the Passover lamb. As we celebrate Christ, our Passover lamb, who has been sacrificed and raised from the dead, bless all who partake of the sacrament. Cleanse them from boasting, malice, and evil. Give them repentant hearts to receive him in sincerity and truth. Lord, in your mercy, eternal God, thanks be to you for victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember all who mourn. Comfort them with the promise that you love them with an everlasting love and will raise them and all your people from the dead through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Pray with me. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves and our time and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the It is indeed. creatures and archangels, cherubim and praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night, Lord and Savior Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. 
This is my body that's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This meal is for all who uh, confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Own personal Passover. By partaking in this, you are rescued from sin, death, and the devil. Death has no power over you because of what Jesus did. This is your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. He is risen. Amen. Now the benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Thank you. 